Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Run As Well podcast with me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. It being Suicide Awareness Week, I spoke with runner and cyclist Leon Cerrone about his own battles with depression and how running has helped him since he attempted to take his own life. But joining me this week for a little bit of an intro chat, Jane. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Um, I am still at home, still doing some very boring runs around Clapham and Battersea and yeah, just getting a bit sick of 2020 to be honest. Trying to say that in a positive voice so our listeners don't tune off after like two seconds. <laughs> well, no, I think, well, we are, with we, we know, um, this podcast is going out a bit later this week because of um, Suicide Awareness Day on Thursday, which is when everyone will be listening. But we are, we're, 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 it's Wednesday and the government last night decided to reduce, uh, sort of reduce the groupings of, of for numbers back down to no more than six, which will be, uh, a challenge for run clubs which have probably just been enjoying having group runs again um so yeah i don't think the vibe is particularly positive today but we we you know we'll we'll be upbeat we'll we'll, we'll cuz you know we'll there try. is yeah. there is some good news out there um yep. and that is the, the the return of park run yes very exciting i think really um uplifting for all those beginners who have been getting maybe a bit demotivated by now if you've just been kind of doing the same run week and week and week um i think for everyone actually the, the return because it's, it's just in england at the moment uh scotland wales yeah. and northern ireland have their own uh covid restrictions in place which will i think that well in in a letter on the park run site uh nick pearson who's the global ceo pointed out that the timeline will adjust whenever restrictions move and, and that's what's happened for england um along with uh government rulings and uk athletics and uh, their own survey that they commissioned they've sort of worked out how safe it is for these events to go ahead to go ahead and and you know um they've deemed that it is which is you know i think uh as as fair a process as, as they can go through to get to this stage um i think i saw on twitter this morning that they have said that as the races aren't returning till the end of october we should it should all be fine the, the government i think there's a briefing at four o'clock so it might all have changed by the time you're listening to this but um hopefully i think it doesn't apply to sporting events i think it just applies to kind of meeting your friends in a park so hopefully park runs this won't affect things and it will all still be going ahead and 
we've still got a month to wait, but it doesn't feel that long in the grand scheme of things, does it? No, it's good. And I think that, um, again, in this in the statement that they made, um, they really touched upon how, uh, you know, Parkrun, yes, it's a it's a weekly event for people to come together and run 5K. And, you know, that's that's one element of it. But the the sort of the the, the fitness, the well-being, the, uh, you know, something that I talk about with Leon in, in the podcast and the conversations about the mental well-being that running can bring. Mm. Um, and, you know, Parkrun, I think, had a really significant role in a lot of people's lives for that weekly dose of community, of uh, belonging of all these sort of elements that sort of tied in with just you know meeting up for a run and i you know it, it coming back i think will will probably bring quite a lot of um a quite a lot of joy and a bit of you know and and, and a, a positivity in it from at the end of a dark time so you know i think it's yeah it's definitely a it's definitely a nice move to see that coming back and you know that they've taken all of the correct precautions to bring it back what about you how's your running been um, well, I've got a slight injury in my foot, um, which I I can safely say is from doing a half a virtual half marathon in the Alpha Flies, which is like a real kind of awful runner brag, isn't it? That you know, <laughs> I just got injured in my Alpha Flies. Um, but yeah, it was my first ever virtual race, and I thought I'm just gonna go really big here, and like I I can't say I enjoyed it to be honest. Is this the shoe or the race? The shoe is amazing. The shoe is great. I think I'm probably not strong enough to run in said shoe because I think that's why I've kind of hurt the arch of my foot a bit where I've got a bit tired and tried to run too fast. Um, But the race, I mean, I can't can't say it's a race because I... I have to admit to our lovely podcast listeners who will probably judge me, but it's fine. I can take it. I deserve it. I did have a cheat. I kind of, I walked, to, but I didn't walk. I stopped to buy water because I didn't want to carry water with me because it was such a hot day. And I obviously stopped at the traffic lights and paused my watch. And ah, yeah, so the it's pausing, not right. the watch pausing. The pausing. I see. I was, I was wondering how you buying water was cheating, but I see what you mean. You paused your watch. Uh, well yeah because you have to queue Ben you have to be two meters apart and queue and I didn't have a mask so obviously I couldn't go into a shop I had to wait till I got to like an ice cream van and then stand in a queue of children who (laughs) take forever to decide it would have added about 20 minutes to my time so I thought I've got to pause my watch but that is cheating and I'm really ashamed of myself and I of course ran a pb because I was wearing those shoes but it doesn't count I won't accept it it's, right. it's wrong. So you, it's so you, I see. Right. So you sort of ran a decent 10K, had a nice 20 minute break and then ran another decent 10K. Exactly. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Like that's literally like running a marathon over three days and being like, I've got a PB. It's not fair. It's not right. I'm ashamed of myself. And I'm, I'm, I accept all the judgment that I get when people listen to this and are appalled. It's, Who do you think I am? <laughs> But, you know, I mean, well, if, if anyone else is thinking of taking on a virtual race, there's a uh, fantastic Runners World podcast episode on how to run your perfect po- uh, virtual race, which we recorded with, with Kieran the other week. So have a look at that. Jane obviously hasn't listened. Uh, I've not listened. Don't <laughs> listen to me. Don't cheat. Um, because you'll just feel bad about it. You're only cheating yourself. 
There's no one else there to see it. So I could have just put my time up and been like, look at me. And only the people that really cared and went onto my Strava and saw the elapsed time would have been like, you're a big fraud. So I think it's just time to hold my hands up and be honest with the world. I I respect that honesty. I really do. I think that's the world of virtual racing is is prone to cheating. So, you know, honesty is, is pretty good, I think, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Come at me with all your hate. Actually, please don't. I can't take it. I'm a fragile person. So <laughs> don't, don't come at me with any hate. But there no, we go. I think, I think everyone else is dealing with their own stuff right now. I think they, they'll, probably, they'll probably let this one slide. Um, Hopefully. All right, in light of that revelation, Jane, I'm just going to have to bring on our guest of the week. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, apologies for the slight chewing sound at the start from me. It was very, very unprofessional. Um, but we were eating cannolis. And I'd stuffed half one, one and a half in my mouth and I sort of misjudged, I think, how long it takes to eat one. And uh, also, most importantly, we do discuss Leon's own experiences with attempted suicide. So some listeners may wish to pause here and revisit this podcast when they feel ready. Guest of the week, here in the studio, guest of the week, sometimes on the phone, could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete well, mate, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you for having me. We wanted to have a conversation around the fact that it is Suicide Prevention Week, um, a sort of week dedicated, I guess, to raising awareness around the topic of suicide um, in relation to mental health, and particularly men um, are the predominant sufferers yeah. and uh, final victims of suicide. But before we get into that, this is running. So we should chat about some running. Let's do it. Because um, your story kind of ties in. Your lowest point was kind of like the start point of the running up. More or less, yeah. I mean, um, I'd ridden for years um, road bikes and I had quite a bad accident at the end of 2017. Um, kind of managed to kind of break six or seven bones in my in my left arm um, and was obviously unable to, to ride for a little bit and... Um, bit of Instagram ad sponsored advertising popped up for the Hackney Half Marathon to kind of places still left and I was sat on the sofa and thought why not just do it until I can ride my bike I'll probably hate it and then throw away the running shoes and get back on the bike and I kind of fell in love with running and 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 that's kind of been all I've doing I'm kind of just getting back into riding the bike again and falling in love with that but um, yeah running has been you know predominantly the main sport for the last kind of two and a half years really a lot of cyclists who get into running straight away they've got the engine but the legs aren't aren't quite there for the, for the whole effort did you did you were you like one of these guys who just flew out there and then like the injuries and or is it just like you know what i was super i was super lucky i didn't get any real bad injuries until kind of about a year into running i was kind of the first year injury free a couple of niggles here and there you know i had saw shin for a couple of weeks but I just kind of ran through it and saw knee for a couple of weeks did some stretches and got through it nothing that kind of kept me out it wasn't until about a year a year down that I really I got you know I had a kind of a year and I just seemed to be get over one injury and I get injured again so um oh the true running experience yeah I was kind of I was quite lucky the first year and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much and then the second year I was all right running sucks because I'm injured every other every other five minutes but yeah touch wood this year um I've, I've been pretty much injury injury free um it hurt my calf at the start of the year but apart from that I've been pretty 
it's been pretty good. Then there goes the jinx. Yeah, I've jinxed myself, man. How have you found not racing? Um, I haven't been that that bothered, to be honest. I know a few people and friends of mine have been a little bit frustrated with it, but I think um, I've just kind of enjoyed just being able to go out and run for kind of running sake, I think, and take... Um, I train pretty hard up to... I was meant to be running London this year, and I, and I train pretty hard up to the day. I was still training as if it was going to happen in April. Yeah. Um, and then even after that, carried on training quite hard, and then I kind of... I think I always knew, or most people always knew, that it was not going <laughs> to It was not going to happen. I know people were holding on to a shred of, a shred of hope, but I think I was um, in the more realistic camp and kind of knew by kind of mate probably wasn't going to gonna go ahead so um i've just been running and doing the odd session every every now and again and not trying to put too much pressure on anything at the moment and like i say riding a bit more so my running mileage has come down and, and the riding mileage has, has gone up which is a nice balance i think you're gonna um you're gonna do the virtual no no interest yeah i've got no no i'm sorry london marathon i've got no interest in running any type of virtual race i think yeah i I kind of need to be on a proper starting line, I, and I, I, I admit I haven't got the kind of the get up and go to do a virtual race with just me. And yeah. I think that's the whole point, isn't it? The crowds and the whole build up to the day, and being in the starting pen and queuing up for the toilets and all that is part of the experience. And I think, yeah, for me, yeah, like I say, sorry, London, not, <laughs> not for me. This no, year. I think that a lot of people are taking that kind of. It does take a lot of extra motivation to put yourself under the pressure, I think, of, yeah. of like racing hard. Because you want to do your best, right? Yeah. No one wants, I mean, I know that the whole notion of getting it done this year might not be that you're going to be PBing, but at the same time, that's what you race for. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to put yourself on that position. I mean, I've got the utmost respect for anybody that's going out to oh, do yeah. it. I mean, to get out on your own or just a small group of you, and like you say, and really put yourself in the hurt like I've got a lot of respect for anybody that can do that but yeah I'm just not we talked about a bit like you mentioned just then like how running just for the pleasure of it was kind of like the lockdown vibe and what was happening with the whole thing and I think a lot of people have taken that on and, and especially with lockdown and um the increase of people suffering from depression which the, the we talked about actually I talked about it last in the last podcast the rise in, in people suffering from from mental health issues because of the situation with lockdown yeah. and how running has you know been actually quite cathartic in in allowing people to sort of have control over probably a situation which is completely, completely out of everyone's yeah. control. Um, is that something that running does for you? Is that kind of like all, all sport? Is it or is it particularly um, running? I've I, I found running more cathartic. I think um, I mean we'll probably get into this a little bit further in the podcast, but I've been suffering with depression for. A long time and I did use the bike as an escape because it's kind of something you can go and hurt yourself on and, and you know kind of take your mind off stuff but um, as you alluded to you know before we started the podcast riding in London is not great <laughs> you know so it's kind of and even in the lanes you you kind of always have to be switched on if that makes any sense because the white van man or the taxi guy is going to swerve out or a pedestrian is going to step out whereas I felt with running you could just get yourself to a park and I feel like you can just switch off completely and, and kind of lose yourself, yeah. um, which is why I, I kind of find it the best thing for me when mm. it comes to depression, probably. I can just go out and 
you know, get myself to Regents or the Canal or Hackney Marshes mm -hmm. and just kind of drift away and not have to worry about getting we, ran over. Because we've, we, we've spoken briefly about this before in terms of um, a solu like it's, it's often touted kind of almost like a solution. Which is not no not the case. So we're, we're not we're not. There's never a, um, a point of saying like if you're if you're suffering, then you can achieve a balance through just exercise. Oh or no, just, I, just yeah. or like or the thing we talked about was meditation. And there was a there was a there was a thing of just like oh if you meditate it can help. But a lot of people find actually that worsens symptoms because you're in, you're putting yourself in in a bubble. I can do it. I I tried, you know, and I, yeah, that that thing wasn't for mm. wasn't for me. Like you say kind of did make me feel worse because I just couldn't get it and I was just like this is just yeah yeah no but I think this is it with running I think that we'll always talk about the benefits of it from a mental health point of view but it, it's 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 one of the elements of dealing with it it's not the complete solution and no. I think that's with, with running and, and you, you you know that's how you used it I guess. it was definitely a small cog or yeah. a small piece of a big cog for me get, in helping me to deal with it I was going to say get better but I mean it's an ongoing thing for me it's it's something I'll, I'll deal with forever so it's definitely just a small piece of the the puzzle in in how I you know I deal with things if I'm having a bad time and just just in deal with life in general I think even if you if you're not struggling with depression just running in general I think is a can help anybody just for just deal with life basically yeah but it's definitely a small piece of the the puzzle that I'm, you know, still trying to figure out with dealing with depression and so on and so forth, that's for sure. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So when, when, you, when was the first time in your life that you not necessarily diagnosed, but felt that there was something 
un- like uh, happening in your sort of in your head that you weren't um kind of mid to late teens i was all i kind of struggled and um you know i first tried to take my own life kind of just about to turn 21 and you know back then it wasn't it wasn't spoke about or if it was it was kind of like oh, you're not depressed you just you know kind of get on with it you know right. you're not there's nothing wrong you're just having a bit of a bad day so um i actually didn't get diagnosed until i was 36 2018 mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the math. yes i was kind of like 36 years old so i just kind of muddled on with you know life you know, and, mm. and dealing with it with how most people t- probably try and start off dealing with depression, you know, self-medication and all the things you do, drinking and all the other stuff you do to try and um, kind of block things out. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of always struggled with it, really. But, yeah, not didn't get a, a proper diagnosis until, mm. I was, until I was 36. What was the, the, the thing that made you seek that diagnosis rather than the medical help? Um, I... So going back to the bike, the the bike crash. I think it was a kind of that year, two thousand and seventeen. I, I was getting worse and starting to feel worse. And I, the girl I was dating at the time, I kind of said, "Oh, you know, I'm, you know, dealing with dep- I'm dep- I think it's depression, or I'm I'm really not well." And um, didn't really admit it fully and go and get any help. And kind of the end of that year, I. I broke up with a long-term girlfriend that I was with, um, you know, had a bike crash, had to move out of a flat we were renting together and it was kind of a, the perfect kind of storm, you know, and that, that, that whole thing that happened at the end of two, two days before New Year's Eve, I kind of shattered my left arm um, and kind of woke up 1st of January, that 2018, and I was kind of sat in a flat, or a house on my own that I didn't want to be in with lads that are still really good friends of mine. Sorry guys, but I didn't want to live with you because you were still partying and doing stuff that I was well out, you know, well over. Um, and kind of just broke down and I put a whole post on kind of Instagram to kind of say like, you know, I suffer with depression and um, to force myself to go and get help right. because I put on a front for so many years, you know, happy-go-lucky Leon, you know, he's on Instagram dancing and he's, you know, works in nice shops and he's got nice clothes and he rides his bike and and I, and I have got a great life and I'm not I wouldn't want anybody to you know give me sympathy because uh, you know I, I did have a nice life and still do but I was just really suffering inside and that was a that was the thing I needed to do was kind of admit it openly and I went and got you know went and got help then mm. um, I mean in between that I, I again tried to take my own life before getting a um, you know, I, I, before getting to see a doctor, I again tried to take my own life, and some friends literally, you know, dragged me to the doctor's. Friend of mine, George Marshall and Scott, who lives in Brighton, come up from Brighton to make sure I got taken to to a doctor where I was diagnosed with kind of severe depression and put on anti antidepressants. And you still on those? Still on the brain biscuits, as I like to call them. Yeah, yeah still, still on them. And is that like again? Because I think there's. I mean, we could talk about stigmas around this forever and ever and ever. I think that medication is one of them. People kind of see it like if you live that medicated life, it, you're kind of like it's a it's a it's a um, it's a crux that you won't shift, or it's yeah. like a you know. But for you, that's been a. It's part of my daily routine now. I get up, I make myself a coffee, have the 
tablets with my other vitamins that I have in the morning yeah. and it is just I'm completely over it at first I was terrified and I didn't really like it and I was like, I'm like a little bit what you said I was like I'm gonna be on these forever and didn't want to do it and but now I'm just yeah. kind of if I'm on them forever I'm on them forever if I get off them I get off them it's just the thing that I part of my morning routine I won't tell you the other things I do in the morning that's a, but it's just part of the morning routine that I, I go and do so I, I don't yeah I guess, but it is still a big stigma and, and um, the, the thing I did for Mr Porter the interview for them I mentioned that you know the, the first the, the first incident I had my mum and dad were at hospital and I overheard them you know that the nurse at the time kind of mentioned antidepressants and my dad kind of lost his temper a little bit and said to the nurse like he's not effing going on them he doesn't know it's not you know um massive stigma back then you know it's, that was early 2000s there wasn't this kind of chat and stuff yeah. wasn't being spoken about then it was very much pull your socks up get on with it you're not sad, you're not sad yeah. you know just deal with it kind of thing how have you seen the education because you're you are now you mentioned the Mr. Porter video, and if, if anyone listening hasn't seen it, Leon has done a, uh, a video with Mr. Porter and with your friend, filmed by yes, George. Yes, George, who was with me on the day I crashed kind of thing and has been a big part of yeah. you know, my, my recovery. And it's a collaboration with Rafa as well. It was, so yeah, Mr. Porter did um, uh, a charity jersey. They have a charity um, called Him, um, Health in Mind, and, it, and they did a... Um, a jersey with Rafa and uh, I've got a friend that works at Mr. Porter, um, Ben, and he kind of approached me and he was like, look, we, we're doing this jersey and it's about mental health and we kind of, would you be willing to tell your story if you felt comfortable yeah. with it going out to, to the world? And um, I've been very upfront since those posts. I, I went for about another eight months posting about how I was dealing with things and it's all out there if you want to scroll through my thousands of daisy pictures and puffy pictures on instagram you know um i am very upfront with what i'm going through and what i went through so i said yes straight away and the response has been amazing i think they've sold out of all the three jerseys they did to that was, was raising money all the money was going to their charity so the response has been amazing and i've had some um really nice messages back you know saying to from people how it's helped them and um so yeah um there's some scary stats out there about the increase in depression and suicides and suicide attempts from younger and younger people and I, th I don't know social media has got this sort of like great has this huge impact on on how on the pressures that people can feel um and the fact that you're using it almost like unveiling or sort of that sort of you're being able to use it as a as a way of being as honest as possible yeah. do you think that that's you know, there's a side of social media that, that, you know, that allows you, I know you personally, but maybe others could use it in that way of just, it allows them the freedom to just be a gen, like as open with it as they can. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, social, like you just say, social media definitely has its bad side and I still see that when you, when you go and scroll through things. But yeah, for me it was, I used it as a bit of a, to force my, my own hand. It's kind of like, you can't, on New Year's Day, tell everybody you're suffering with depression, and then on the second of February, kind of go, oh, April Fools! I was only, you know, I was only jet. It was my way of kind of um, forcing myself to get help because I kept on putting it off, and and um, but then it did turn it to me that that was again a piece of the puzzle. It was quite cathartic. I just, you know, I'd sit at home and I'd write out, you know, what I was feeling and what, you know. And, and spoke about trying to take my own life again and put it out on Instagram for everyone to see and that, and that 
I mean, that's not going to be for everyone, you know. It is quite a brutal thing to do, I guess. And thankfully, I had a lot of people around me that were, you know, were amazing. I, the list, I mean, it's probably too long. We haven't got enough time to for me to list everyone on the podcast to say, to, you know, to say thanks to. But the response I had was overwhelming. So I was, I know I'm in a lucky position where I had people to back me up, you know, because there's a lot of people, if they probably did that, it might not go nice. the way that it went, you know, because social media can be, can be brutal I mean I, that's the one thing I was worried about with the video was was the trolls and again thankfully I had two and they were taking the mick out of my accent and I kind of thought fair fair dues <laughs> um, I had to kind of get I give them a little like on their comment I was like yeah I mean it could probably do with subtitles but there you go so uh, yeah I, uh, um, the response to the video has been amazing and the response to me being open on social media w was amazing so yeah it is yeah I think it's, it's definitely part of the um Part of the necessary improvement, perhaps, towards an understanding of, of what having a mental health illness and what what can put people in a position where suicide seems like the the only option. And I think, again, um, it was actually a, a friend of yours and I's, Nick, posted um, something earlier today. I think it was about the scale of of of, of education. Yeah. And you sort of have these, much like this week, an awareness week or a day where your people are um, actively posting on social or making making it their sort of their their daily. Well, much more this podcast, it's an effort to sort of like raise awareness, but it's it's a set period of time, it's a set moment, it's a week or a day or something like yeah. that. Whereas, do you think the education towards mental health, as someone who's you know from the two thousands up until now? Like that, that daily presence of it. Do you think that's changed enough, or is it, you know, is it? I think it's still got a long way to go, but it's definitely, you know, I don't even remember there ever being a no. mental health week when I was, you know, growing up yeah. as a kid. At, at the beginning, when I was really suffering, there wasn't anything. Um, maybe that's because social media wasn't the presence it was or is now. Mm. You know, the early two thousands, MySpace or Facebook probably still <laughs> back then. Bebo. Um, <laughs> So it wasn't as easy, but now it is, it is at your fingertips. So maybe that's why people are seeing it more because it is a bit more, you know, everything's in the palm of your hand now, whereas yeah. before you had to ask Jeeves and do a dial-up to get any kind of um, anything like that. So it, uh, it's definitely more prevalent, but I still think there's yeah. more of a way to go. I mean, I guess it's a hard subject to speak about, and I guess, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, even coming here today to talk to you, I have inherent things built into me around and I mean you know if you take how it's treated in religion the idea of taking your own life is a sin yeah right so you've got people who are religious have that built into them society is based around <laughs> religious thinking yeah. so there's a whole world of shame that's kind of everyone adopts or, and, and that 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 makes that whole thing difficult I think for conversations to happen around I mean if, if I, I put it to you. Yeah, like, is, I mean, I, I guess it is, isn't it? Because everybody, you know, people, I've heard, the f oh, it's such a selfish thing to do. And, you know, that's uh, phrases that are banter. You, you don't think about the people you leave behind. But unless you are at that point, you're not thinking about anybody else. Yeah. And, it, uh, yeah, I, I guess it is a selfish thing to do. But when you're at that, your lowest, I'm sorry to say, it, you're not thinking about, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about my mum or dad. I wasn't thinking about, you know, my best friends that I'd known yeah. since nursery and that, you know, nieces or nephews, I wasn't, they were, my head was so clouded and I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. 
you've literally you're not really bothered about anybody else. You just want mm. the world to swallow you up and stop. You know that. So it is. Um, yeah, it, 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 there is a lot of shame and stigma on it, but you are you're not thinking about anything. No. You know anything else to to be honest. I was um, sadly I had a friend who, who who took his own life. Um, used to work with him and it was it was all it was that situation where and you'll hear it you hear it over and over again it was it was you were the person that you least expected yeah. it to be um i don't know i don't know how to how what's the next stage like how does it how do you elevate a conversation like is there more people need to like is it a school-based thing is it like an education i was like gonna say that i mean do you, how young do you start having this conversation and yeah. you know telling guys or just not guys but girls just people in general it's okay to not be okay and you know you can talk and ask for help it's it's difficult and i guess when you say depression or you know you expect you expect somebody to be you know the great unwashed not looking after themselves you know and moping around all the time and and most people that i have spoken to since me being so open and and, and have got in touch with me and i'm you know DM me and personally and said, you know what, well, I struggle as well. You do, you wouldn't think, you know, these guys or girls, are, mm. you know, they've all got good jobs, you know, they all look amazing. They all, they never look like they're suffering. And I think that is the thing with depression. It is, you know, it's such yeah. a, a hidden yeah. killer for, you know, because people don't, um, you know, wear it on their sleeve you just you you do kind of try and hide it like i did for years um, yeah, exactly. and that is the hardest thing like what you just said you know be people say it's that i wouldn't expect it from them because you don't go around you know like sad sack from you know plus if you are i mean uh, this is all speculative but if you're having those thoughts you'd have to explain the, the, the sort of like the, the thinking but i guess it's before you reach that point of feeling suicidal is when you would actively seek help rather than the suicide. Yeah. Um, was that not? I mean, like I said, I, I I reached out first and then and then I, you know, I don't know what it was. Even after reaching out and having the response I had for like saying I was struggling, I still, um, you know, I just didn't see the point of trying to get better. I don't know what it was. Even after me, you know, saying I'm suffering and people were like, you know, we're here for you, I still kind of I was in the shop one Wednesday and I don't know what it was it was just like a switch and I was like well, you know what I'm done mm. I was just stood on the shop floor and I was like you know what I don't want to go through all the seeing a shrink and getting better and I just you know I was just like I'm just I'm just over it and locked up the shop and took myself off and, and that was it went and sat in the park and you know thankfully you know if few friends kind of stopped me from doing it you know and the police were called and yeah. um i was talked out of it but it's just a switch i didn't didn't get up that morning and think that was going to happen i don't know it just it was the weirdest thing ever just stood on the shop floor on my own and was just like you know what i'm over it oh kind man, of. That's, that's hard to hear mm. like when you when someone's yeah because you know, it's it's difficult to comprehend I guess as someone who's not ever suffered from from it from that point of view, it, it, it is. It still freaks me out now because it was as easy as choosing what I would have for lunch. Mm. You know, I just stood there and I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm out. I'm tapping out." And um, yeah, went home and 
got what I got to needed to do it and that was it and walked to Finsby Park and I was ready to you know well I'm glad that your friends so you know good friends yeah they, you are I w again I won't go through the list but no. thank you yeah. right well look what's next running um cross country I Ooh. hear is back because it was due to be cancelled but I'm hearing rumours that it may be back later this year, so I'm going to try and. Um, you're going to you're going to be pulling on the, uh, the black be, and I'm white. I'm going to be pulling on the black and white of Highgate. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going to concentrate on on cross country. I think because um, normally <clears throat> I'm training for a, like a marathon, and 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 Lewis, my coach, is not very keen on um, letting me do cross country when I'm training for a marathon. Cause it's too easy to get injured. <laughs> Sorry, Lewis. Um, so um, I think, yeah, um, I'm going to have a chat with him this week or next week. Um, and now Cross Country is back. Um, give that a crack. And also try and get my 5 and 10k PB down there. There's no, no kind of big marathons this year to, yeah. to train for. Um, and try and mix up kind of riding the bike and, um, and running. Um, which I have noticed riding the bike seems to be... Um, helping my heart rate actually a little bit kind oh of yeah? training on the bike it seems to when I'm running my heart rate seems to be a little bit lower so um, kind of got it in my head that I'm going to try and do you know one long ride a week and um, at the minute I'm kind of managing about 65-70k a week and then 200k on the bike including some commuting so it's I'm still getting the Pretty good. Still getting the miles in, still allowing me to uh, eat cannolis so yeah that's, <laughs> that's the only reason I train anymore now <laughs> Not for PBs or marathons or anything like that. It's right. my cannoli intake. Well, we've got some in front yeah, of us. I'm so looking, I'm, I keep looking at them. I'm waiting until we finish. So you, <laughs> like, you like, don't hear me chomping on a... Yeah. I think cross-country is a good shout. I mean, from a from a COVID point of view, that's it's probably about... That's as outdoors and uncrowded as it gets, unless you're, like, you know, yeah. at, at the front. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm not, I'm not at the front, so I won't worry about that. It, it depends, actually. It can get quite crowded at the back. So, yeah, you, in the middle is probably... In no man's land is probably the best place to be in cross-country. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's a rumor I've I've heard yeah. that um, that he's going to come back. So I'm looking forward to a um, to a full splash season about. and splash about and mm. the river crossing at Uxbridge. Um, I haven't landed f face first in that yet and got any pictures. I'm lucky enough to not make. Um, it's 2020. Yeah, get, it can't get much worse. Can't get, yeah. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. And it's just um, I do really in cross, enjoy cross because it is kind of you know the team bond and you know you go yeah. to the pub after and take your mud and have a Guinness and it is um, yeah. it is really nice and uh, yeah, you can get rid of the watch and you know a few inter team rivalries you know even that happens people want to beat each other and then you know you know Andy Waterman you know runs for um, Vicky Park so it's lots of good camaraderie even if you want to beat each other I, the last race of last year I remember I was in front of Andy for most of it and then he kind of gave me the lance look back on the last hill and dropped me and he kind of just looked at me and I put the final <laughs> nail in my coffee <laughs> as he gave me the look so thanks for that Andy. I like the fact that you've used um, a, a lance reference there casting great suspicions upon Andy no, and, and <laughs> Andy I'm not saying you're on the I'm, you're not saying you're on the pole that is not you're not on the EPO sorry yeah no <laughs> he, he's it's all all of his own steam, but yeah, he did give me the old. I felt like Jan Ulrich going backwards, and uh, yeah, as Andy went off. So yeah, it's good fun. I think it is. Um, so I'm looking forward to that actually. Hey, look, Leon, thanks so much. Thank you. Really for having appreciate me. for sharing your story, being honest about it all, and hopefully allow others to, you know, 
get some help, realise it's okay to not be okay. That is the thing that I say. So yeah, thank you for thank you for having me on. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guests, Leon Cerrone, and to you, of course, for listening. We have a special listener offer right now to subscribe to Runners World magazine and get three issues for just £5. So please visit hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this offer. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, and all of your favourite podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.